There's no doubt about it. Working in the construction industry is a tough job. You've got the physical demands, the heavy lifting, the exposure to harsh environments, working in all types of weather, and all these repetitive motions takes a toll on your physical and mental health. You've got the economic downturns and fluctuations affecting your job security. And most of all, there's this culture in construction where there's this whole tough guy act and this stoicism where people don't talk about the effect of the workload on their lives for fear of being judged or seen as weak. That they don't have this open conversation around their mental health and how their work is affecting their personal lives. They're working these long and irregular hours. That makes them more susceptible to burnout. Today, I'm joined by Rado Kivagangri. He's an executive coach and also the chief technical officer at Rail Baltic Estonia. And he shares his story of burnout while working in infrastructure and the toll that that took on his life. And now as an executive coach, teaching people to value setting boundaries and to focus on what truly matters, how that has helped both the quality of his life and the life of his colleagues and clients. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or if you have any input, you can provide some feedback, drop something in the comments over at YouTube, on Instagram, giveyourselfsomeleeway.com or shoot me an email eugene at leeway.ie. Thank you, and I really hope you enjoy today's episode with Rado Kivakanger. Rado, welcome to Give Yourself Some Leeway, and thank you again for taking the time to join the show today. Yeah, nice to be here. So, Rado, working in the construction industry in Estonia, um, burnout um, affected you Um in, in terms of working as a CTO. Um, but of course, you're probably better at telling the story than I am. So what was that like for you? I think actually, as you know, or might guess that uh, the construction uh, sector is full of uh, hard men. They, they work hard and uh, they rarely talk about their feelings. And it's, it's the same here as well. I'm uh, or I was one of uh, one of these and uh, and actually as i truly liked or actually even loved uh, what i what i do then uh, actually i had no idea that i could be the one uh, who would experience uh, burnout actually no 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 idea at all and uh, if you're asking me where did it start then uh, yeah of course it's easier to connect the dots when I look backwards and uh, and probably it started uh, with the minor steps I was getting ill uh, more often than I was usually doing and uh, that sort of stuff I think uh, getting ill more frequently than I was used to having then I think this these were the steps that actually I ignored yeah, one thing that you definitely pointed out there, especially in the construction sector, is that idea of the tough guys kind of not sharing their feelings as well. And I think that's where a lot of this stems from, uh, that the fact that you're supposed to have this tough persona 
and not share your feelings. You're meant to work hard and be hard and and work through everything, overcome all obstacles and never show any weakness. Were there any other factors that you feel uh, in the culture of the construction industry that make you more susceptible to burnout? I think, uh, as we all know, that uh, project management overall is very, uh, very stressful uh, work anyways, because uh, you go go to the office, uh, there are the huge shine deadlines. You go to lunch, there are deadlines. There are deadlines all around you. They're all important. And, uh, and between deadlines, you need to make uh, critical decisions, uh, what costs money and what costs even more. So I think the, the constant uh, environment where everybody's in a hurry, they're nervous, of course, because there are huge amount of uh, finances on, on, the, on the table if you make mistakes, for example, and so on. So I think, yes, uh, the, the deadlines and the, you know that your decision will affect the, the budget uh, usually. I think these are also the, the key factors uh, that will may, may uh, lead to, to burnout. Yes, and I can see that definitely, especially in terms of being a CTO and let's say higher up the chain of command, that's the level of responsibility. Uh, but is that same level of stress, let's say, on the on the construction workers as well, uh, further down the chain? Do they feel the same stress and responsibility? And do they take as much ownership as the um as the as the board do in terms of trying to meet those uh, deadlines? I think it's uh, it's different. Uh, many of the workers uh, do uh, feel the same or similar pressure because uh, they feel that they're part of the team and uh, they want to give their contribution. Uh, on the other hand, I think there are also uh, people who do not feel it. They just, uh, let's say, look at the clock or it has a stopper. When it goes, uh, I'm not getting paid, I will... Uh, through the spoon there and I will leave. And uh, so, but I cannot do that because uh, my work uh, doesn't end uh, when the clock hits five or six or even seven. And uh, yeah, many of them, uh, there is a difference because I'm responsible for it. I'm responsible for the contracts, getting the contracts and, uh, and uh, they probably don't feel it uh, in, in that sense. Yeah, I think that's where the difference lies between um, leadership burnout as opposed to um, like it, it's that extra responsibility where you're taking ownership for the activities of others. And sometimes things are just out of your control, but you still take that with you. And yes. it's, 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 it's still you can still feel that weight upon yourself, even though you feel that some things are beyond your control. You still try to take responsibility for them. And th that is just the extra pressure. Yeah, I totally agree because uh, you do this, uh, you do this uh, work with your heart and your soul. And uh, if somebody, there's there are big teams in construction, and uh, if somebody is not making their part, of course I feel bad. We need to do something. I need to do something. And uh, there are uh, many people doing this. Of course, it all comes comes to your uh, shoulders. 
and yeah this is uh, an extra uh, extra large uh, burden to to have that's that's part of the job yeah. yeah and as you said there especially um your work doesn't stop when the stopper start or stopper stops at 5 p.m 6 p.m 7 p.m uh, when you were burning out and you felt all this stress and overwhelm did that affect your home life and your family life as well were you taking that extra stress home and, and was it reflected on others around you outside of work I think uh, the short answer is yes, and uh, it actually it, uh, it's like uh, going with the baby steps. At the beginning, you just uh, uh, take the laptop home, and I will uh, just send two emails. I will just make one phone call, and uh, and before you realize, uh, you are making two hours and three hours of uh, extra work uh, in in home as well, and. Uh, of course, the the people around you will uh, will notice it because you're missing your uh, mind is somewhere else than your body. The father is home, but uh, nobody's behind the wheels. He's thinking of something else. And then, of course, uh, the friends, uh, no, no matter when they call or text me, I wasn't able to answer. Or I said, I'm too busy now. And of course, yeah, it will affect uh, the lives around you. And is that something that took you a long time to notice? Was it something that, again, I, it, it starts small and it snowballs over time? Oh, it starts off as, oh, I'll just check my, I'll bring my work phone home. Oh, I'll bring the laptop home just so I can check emails, just check, make sure that everything is okay for tomorrow morning. Oh, I'll just do this. I'll just prepare this report for tomorrow. And it just piles up over time. The next thing you're just taking everything home and you're, you no longer have that boundary between your work life and your home life. And it was it ever, let's say, pointed out to you? For, for me, it was pointed out quite a bit when things started, the when the boundaries started to blur. They were like, okay, you're you're working a lot here. You're actually not making any split. And I was like, no, no, th this is just what I do. This, this is what I do. It's it's, it's part of it's part of the job. If it, it needs to get done, if if I don't do if I don't do it, it won't be done. It needs to be done. And over time, that that boundary blurs. I think uh, in my case, it was something similar because uh, the my picture or the picture for myself is that uh, I get things done. If, if you handle me something, if you handle me a huge team or a responsibility, I'm the guy you can count on. And uh, that that's that's me. And uh, of course, people were telling me that uh, isn't this too much already? I said, no, guys, uh, or no, no, that's that's normal. We are having uh, this uh, this time uh, here. It's it's limited. It will last uh, two uh, two weeks or or month, but it will end. But it actually didn't because, as you said, the the things and the topics, the issues, the bur the 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 fires. They will just come onto your table. You need to solve them, and it just comes and comes. Actually, there is no deadline if you don't stop it yourself. Yeah, and it's there again. It's creating your identity around the work that you do. You were like, "I'll get this done." That's that's me. Straight up, you're like, "That's my identity." That's like, "I'm I'm the I'm the one who gets these things done. I get it done," and that's how it is. And straight up, I, again, you yeah, you initially convince yourself. Look, it's just the first few weeks. It's we have we have a set deadline, two or three weeks, we'll get through this. But 
it always gets extended or people start expecting now that you're they're like oh it's like radio can do this in two weeks maybe he can do it two weeks again two weeks again two weeks again mm-hmm. if this is if this is the workload we can expect in two weeks let's see what he can do in six weeks in 10 weeks 12 weeks and over time that starts to compile that starts to accumulate yeah exactly i think that was the case for me as well because uh, the people around you uh, they noticed that oh he's he's a really high achiever he will get things done and uh, and uh, I, of course they asked that uh, how do you do it how do you get the energy i said <laughs> i got it but yeah uh, if you do it if you have been doing it for a while you're just uh, let's say if you're driving a car and uh, the 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 let's say the frequency it's already like it, the explosion of the vehicle and uh, you cannot be in the red zone for too long you can enter it you can produce high results but uh, you cannot work uh, too long uh, in the red zone it will it will eventually collapse yeah i think that was something as well that i encountered a lot when i was i started off very enthusiastic in my work and i was always high energy optimism everything and next thing people were like, how do you keep the optimism going for so long? And how do you keep that, so, so, like all that high energy all the time? And looking back, I realized that that high energy phase only lasted a couple of months. And because I had developed this persona of always being high energy, I started compensating for the waning energy that I had with cans of Red Bull, cans of Monster, caffeine was fueling me to get that extra energy mm. that w- was slowly lacking and sl- slowly dissipating over time because I no longer had that level of energy. But I had built it around my identity that I am this high energy person who gets these results. And of course, you can only push that needle for so long. After a while, I started getting desensitized to caffeine. It started taking a toll on my body. It started taking a toll on my health and my energy levels. And I was like, okay, I, I need to reset. I need, I need to do something here. And uh, it, it, again, you, you create, as uh, when you're seen as a high achiever and you're driven by these results, you're driven by the success and you're, you, don't want to take, you don't want to take your foot off the pedal. You're like, no, this is what I do. This is how I get results. And this is the energy that I bring to the team. I don't want to take my foot off the gas and, uh, and, and pull back a little bit and, and let's see, and let's see what happens. I want to continuously provide consistent results. And over time you, you, you stop caring for yourself. You stop taking care of yourself. You, you cannot sustain that. Actually, yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting because, uh, as I, as I also thought that, yeah, I'm a high achiever. I, get physical exercise i eat good foods uh, most of the times and uh, this is not the formula for burnout that's that's what i thought and uh, and uh, of course uh, i had uh, something similar because uh, over time uh, you don't see your friends uh, you don't actually have the energy to even to call them uh, because you have had so many calls and discussions during the day and uh, yeah uh, for me, actually, I, I realized it uh, too late. Uh, I would say that, uh, okay, I have led it too far. It's uh, It's gone uh, well over uh, that I can handle. 
because yeah it's uh, as we said that it goes so little baby steps that uh, you say okay that's part of me i can i can handle it i'm, I'm a man right and what was the moment for you that you realized that you'd hit rock bottom with your burnout where you realized this is i am i'm completely burnt out i need to make a change I think um, there were many signs. Uh, they were just uh, getting louder and louder. I just put the headphones on and uh, ignored them. But I think uh, what I actually remember, of course, uh, if I was in the meetings or talking with people, I I discovered that my mind is wandering. I'm not listening to them. I'm just uh, staring out of the window, thinking somebody else. It's it's difficult to concentrate. Uh, I I noticed the same thing uh, when I was working uh, with emails or any other documents uh, on my computer. I was just not able to focus. But uh, but what actually really really hit me was that uh, I got home. And my uh, my little son was actually playing uh, something there, and uh, he's uh, he's two years uh, old now, and uh, he uh, he looked at his dad and uh, started crying or yelling that uh, why I'm not uh, playing with him, and and I just felt that uh, I know I love you, son. I want to play with you, but. I just don't have the physical or mental energy. And uh, I think uh, this uh, was one of the key points for me that I, I said to myself that I, I can't go on like this. That uh, no, Although I love the work, it's it's not that important. It's it's far far that important if I compare it with my family. So I think this, this moment when I was lying the, on the couch and my son looked at me, I think this was the, the low point uh, when I realized that... Uh, something has to change yeah it's kind of those rude wake-up calls you're like okay i didn't realize it was this was how i was going to realize and in hindsight it's 2020 it's like well of course that's why i felt that way well of course that's why i didn't have the energy but it's especially when you love the work you do it's hard to admit that you're the thing that you're passionate about is draining you and and not giving you back the energy. I, I feel a lot of people, even when they burn out in working at their nine to five job and they decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to be my own boss. And I'm going to follow my passion. Mm. And they try to start their own business. And next thing they find, instead of working nine to five, they're working a hundred hours a week, trying to get their own business up and running. And next thing they find, they're feeling all the same symptoms of burnout again. And they're like, what happened? What what went wrong? This I thought this was what I loved. This is what I want to do. And I'm feeling exactly the same as I was then. They haven't broken that burnout cycle. They've continued the same habits that they used to. If anything, they're doing twice the amount of work. And they feel that, how can how can I feel so burnt out and so like lacking in energy, mentally, physically, and emotionally, that I can't be there for the ones I love? even though I'm following the work that I'm passionate about. Yeah, actually, that's that's a very, let's say, a sad scenario. But uh, yeah, I, I also have seen people uh, going on that road. And uh, what actually what uh, what I did uh, was that uh, 
as I, I as I still remember the moment uh, that I just mentioned uh, there with my son, uh, I said that uh, to myself that uh, I want to I want to enjoy life. I want to see the colors again. I want to listen to music, and uh, I need energy to do that. So actually, um, today I uh, I start the same question: How, when, and uh, what do I need to do to get some energy? I uh, I train to get energy, not to I don't look good in the beach, <laughs> just to just to have the energy to, to enjoy life. And uh, I eat the foods. I actually work uh, the same amount that I still feel energized. I think uh, the watching or keeping an eye on my energy level actually have changed uh, the game for me because uh, I know that I need it and uh, I need it for work. I need it for myself, uh, for my friends, for my family and, uh, and so on. So yeah, maybe the balance is the word that has been used uh, far too much, but <laughs> it is uh, you need to do uh, many things, but uh, they need to be leveled up. Yeah, I think it's, n- it's never a 50-50 balance. But it's it's a balance all the same. You have to start seeing, okay, what do I st- need to start prioritizing more in my life? Whether that's, okay, uh, what do I need to do to prioritize my mental well-being, my physical well-being, my emotional well-being? How I need to become more aware of what triggers me, what drains me, what fulfills me, what, what satisfies me at the end of my workday, what satisfies me when I spend time with my friends, when I spend time with my family, when I spend time on my own. And as you said, taking care of your health as well in terms of your nutrition, in terms of your fitness, so that you can have that extra energy, that, that you're not slumping during the day, that you're more confident in yourself as well also. Not, not always looking for that beach body, but also just being confident in your physical ability and your strength. And, and definitely as a construction worker, that's something that, like regardless of where you are, it's something that you it, it gives you the confidence uh, that yes, if I'm needed out in the field or if I'm needed out, out in the yard, I can help. I, I, I can help if I'm confident in my in my strength and my ability. And um, I, I, again, I think taking that time for self, self-awareness, self-compassion as well, just not knocking yourself down, being like, oh, I'm not getting the same results. I'm not, I'm not, um, let's say, burning the, the midnight oil um, and bringing my work home and being the high achiever every day, giving it 110% every day, you have to be like, no, but th- that's not possible. It, it's, it's okay for intense periods, but it's not sustainable long-term and that's okay. And, and then making time for self-care as well, just taking care of yourself so that you can show up as your best self for you, for your work colleagues and for your family. Yes, and uh, I, I agree. And uh, how I how I thought it because because uh, in in business and uh, in the construction sector for sure we are always asking the question that uh, how do we get the, the water out from the rock? Let's say that we want uh, ourselves to be more efficient. Uh, we want our team to be more efficient. We're just keep uh, keep looking uh, how to squeeze the the list. But uh, but actually, the, what I have uh, realized uh, during this uh, this process is uh, we actually need to 
focus on how the water will get into the stone after all. And uh, that's actually mostly the, the time after and before work. So what do we do with this time? Does it uh, feed us or actually drains us again? So yeah, that uh, how to get the water inside of the rock. <laughs> that's, that's, I think it's a, it's a good thing to, to focus on. Yeah, it's like, again, replenishing your energy so that it's there when you need it in the intense moments in work. You need to, to have the downtime so that when it comes to the uptime, the energy levels are there. And I think an important part of that is setting boundaries. So what do you think is the the value of setting those boundaries between work and the time outside of work? I think uh, if if to talk uh, about the practical um, examples, then uh, what I actually use uh, very much at the moment is uh, the the piece, or as you said, it's okay that I'm not working twenty four seven, and uh, I actually set uh, a clear time to myself and to to my colleagues as well that uh, from uh, from this time to this time, you can reach me. I will answer. But uh, if the clock goes this, I'm not answering. If there is any any real emergency, of course it will happen. It might happen. Then just call me uh, two times in a row, and I know it's an emergency. I, I will pick it up. But uh, I actually uh, set that boundary that uh, this is the work time and this is off time. No matter what, I will just cut it uh, at that point. And uh, actually, this actually has helped me a lot because I know that, uh, let's say, seven o'clock or six o'clock, uh, I will have no work-related uh, calls, no emails. It's, it's, it's me time. It's my family time. It's the time when I watch uh, soccer with my friends. My brain knows it. Uh, it, it knows that uh, for, for two hours, I'll be off from work. So actually, it took for a while, but uh, the, the weird thing is that the body knows uh, the, the muscles or the brain will, uh, will be trained and they know that uh, if I do this final stretch, then uh, I will take a break and uh, the break will be more, uh, more quality, quality as, as well. Yes, you're giving yourself, again, that, that space for, I think they call it is a default mode when mm. you just switch off. We, you just don't think about work, don't think about all the stresses and don't think about all those things that are overwhelming you. And and the, let's say the mental blocks, just do something that just takes your mind off everything. I think um, one of the examples that always comes back to is um, playing Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's just something completely mindless. And I'm going to forget about the stresses of work, of everything that's going on around me and just play something absolutely mindless. And that gives my mind sometimes, sometimes there is something in the back of my mind, something like a question that I just can't find the answer to. Or there's a decision and I just can't figure out which way I want to lean into it. And next thing is do something as mindless as, as again, playing video games or just focusing on the match, uh, watching a football game with friends. And you're like, oh, okay. And it, it just clicks in the back of your mind. It's it, you, just not focusing on it at all, but it's just working away in the background, doing its own thing and not stressing about it and just does its own thing in the background. And it's like, okay, I've enjoyed time with friends and family and my energy levels are a bit better now. 
and now I can actually address the task at hand. When 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 I want to focus on it, it's like I've I've I've, t- I've taken some time to rep- to take care of myself first, and spend time with others. I've set that boundary that I'm not going to focus on this one thing all of the time, and then when I do want to focus on it, it's like okay, things seem a bit clearer now because I've taken the time for myself first. Yeah, I I, I totally uh, know what you're saying because uh, I have had uh, similar experiences when I, you know, I go out uh, play play basketball or just take a take a walk uh, on the nature and. Uh, watching the squirrels playing with the nuts or something <laughs> and, and actually yeah, it's uh, somehow that the brain is still working uh, and uh, it just frees up the mind uh, and uh, actually as I'm also working with uh, with the younger leaders to uh, to develop them and to to develop their self-awareness about this topic as well uh, then actually what we discussed a few days ago is that uh, even a simple thing then uh, taking a different route uh, to your office and back to your office, uh, visiting the different supermarket you don't visit every day. Uh, even this uh, small little detail actually will give your brain a little bit something different, some new routes and some new thoughts. So yeah, it's, it starts from the small, uh, small changes in your life. Yeah, it's taking yourself off autopilot. If you're an autopilot the whole time and you're not thinking through all these processes, once you you're just giving your brain that opportunity to switch back on, and rewire and make fire fire new neurons, or fire new pathways in the brain, and it just opens you up to more opportunities. It's like oh, I never saw that before. I've never recognized that before. Next thing you become you become more aware of it in your environment. So yes, that that's a very good example. Just taking a different route to work, walking a different route to work or cycling or driving a different route to work, just slight, just slightly, maybe just a few streets or maybe it's something as, yeah, going to a different shop or taking an alternative route instead of taking the elevator, I'll take the stairs and something as simple as that and just switch alternate every now and again just so that you're not in autopilot. So that, that's a great way of helping your brain to fire in new ways of course and uh, is uh, as, as we usually say of, of course the construction guys at least uh, <laughs> they're saying that i don't know this is silly or i don't want to try it but uh, as uh, i know my colleagues as well who i i told that try the thing try the different route or try something different let's say that you don't open your mailbox on tuesdays let's see what happens <laughs> different uh, small uh, small changes but actually uh, as they have uh, tested it uh, they have said whoa thanks i was just trying it and uh, as you also described that uh, it will free your mind a bit uh, forces it to uh, to find new ways to think and uh, yeah I think this this is a real game changer, and uh, I think it's a good um, key to to fight burnout as well because you have some fresh breeze uh, in your in your brain for for once in a while. Yeah, as you said there, I, it, with people in the construction, they seem very set in their ways. When you said that, when you, when you suggested something like that, and they were like, "Oh, look, this is something that it, it sounds ridiculous." Why would I try that? It, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. 
this is what I've done all my life. I'm not going to take a different route to work. This is the way I've been coming to work for the past 20 years. What's what's the difference going to be if I come to work a different way? Or I'm not going to stop driving to work and, and cycle to work. That's just ridiculous. How is that going to change anything? How do you help them see that, look, just, just try it once, try it twice, try it for a week. How do you convince them? Uh, yeah, it's it uh, has been tricky because, as you said, that they will say, uh, kids, I have done this uh, job for 40 years now and I've always done it like this. And uh, But um, I think it's, uh, it's individual because, uh, for example, one of the, um, the department heads uh, who I had this conversation, uh, he was having uh, or starting having some uh, troubles uh, with his uh, health. Uh, he, was, he was overweight and uh, having uh, some blood pressure uh, topics already. And uh, he was worrying about, uh, is he able to get the long uh, desired vacation with his wife uh, up to summer and and actually, what I have done is that uh, I have tried to listen to what's uh, what's important to them outside of work because uh, we're not work, we're not our job description, uh, we're something uh, something bigger and wider. And uh, as I have uh, listened, uh, what's important to them outside of work, then uh, I have tried to connect it uh, with with it because, as I said, with with this guy. I said that if you want to go to this vacation, if you want to feel good when you're hiking there, I think you need to lose weight. That's that's my honest uh, honest opinion, and he he totally agreed. And uh, he he's not using bicycle to to come to work, but uh, he's taking uh, twenty or thirty minutes uh, walk uh, during the lunchtime. It's I think it's a great start uh, to to reduce the stress and uh, and. Uh, and uh, it's difficult at the beginning, but uh, to tie it with their uh, personal uh, things, what they love, uh, I have uh, been able to to push them a bit uh, towards the less stress or more healthier uh, life as well. Yeah, I think that's what the best way is, is find that external motivation. It's our, something outside of work. Because if you're saying like, oh, I can help improve you and it'll improve your productivity at work. It's like if you if you start doing this and it's only going to improve your productivity at work for the majority of people are going to be like, OK, that, that's good. That's great. But I wanted to improve my family life. I want to improve my personal life. Exactly. And I, I, that's that's a great example of something as simple as go go for even a 10, 20 minute walk first. Or maybe it's you park your car at the other end of the of the car park at work yeah, rather than exactly. trying to park right outside the, do the door and something as simple as that okay it might be an extra two minute walk to, to the front door at work and start starting with increments over time then you're going to get better it doesn't have to be a 20 minute cycle first thing in the morning and you have a heart attack on your first time coming to work it's <laughs> like no you you work up to that over time it might take six months it might take a year before you get to that level but your level, your quality of life is going to increase leaps and bounds just by making small incremental increases over time. So definitely he's probably going to have a much better time when he goes on his family vacation. Now that he's like, okay, walking for 20 or 30 minutes, 
no longer phases me where it probably would have at first he he might have been a, a bit out of breath but like next thing he's like you know what like I, I could go for a hike like i can go for a long walk and it's not going to affect me as much as it did six months ago yes and the the, the as they are mostly engineers or uh, or something similar then uh, as i also this uh, explained that uh, uh, your example when you park your car in the nearest or in the in the furthest uh, uh, parking lot uh, from the entrance then uh, if you take those uh, 150 extra steps uh, in one day uh, how many you will make uh, in a month or in a year and this is uh, tens of kilometers already so it uh, the the small things uh, will change and uh, and the one one good example is the second one is uh, he was uh, the other colleague uh, he was actually he was also a bit overweight and uh, he had this thing with the cakes i don't know what because every time uh, when we had this uh, uh, birthday at the office uh, he was there with his own spoon and he said i'm going to eat three cakes uh, three slices at least and uh, I actually what we what we discussed is the same thing about his health and uh, uh, he is having grandchilds. Do you want to play with them? Do you are you able to do that or do you want to do it in five or ten years by now? And and uh, what we actually uh, agreed with him is that I will go uh, to the uh, cake eating party with him and uh, and we'll stop him uh, after uh, after two slices of cake and uh, if he eats uh, two slices of cake uh, he will have to eat one apple <laughs> so uh, today actually uh, he says that uh, he he's not eating all the cakes anymore because he knows that he has to eat the apple first uh, afterwards and he's not a very big fan of apples so uh, he's already making uh, decisions whether to eat the, the one slice or not so again very small steps very minor steps you do not need to cut everything at once and uh, very minor steps and they will add up confidence and self-belief and uh, once you see the results as you said you want more you want the longer hiking yeah exactly it's it's incremental over time you have to again it's, it's a balancing act it's like how much do you really want to overcome this or and, and you don't make it so uncomfortable at first that you give up you want consistent results over time you want to it, you don't it, it'd be like taking the cake away from him being like no no more cake for you just apples just mm -hmm. apples he's he's going to hate that it, it, it'll probably drive him to the brink that he'd, he'd binge on eating cake outside of work instead exactly and, <laughs> so 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 that like this is a completely like opposite approach so it's like, what's the smallest, most simple thing that I can do to make a positive change every day or any time that I feel that this, this thing that could affect me negatively over time, how can I change that even slightly right now in term to make, to make my life better every day? Yes. And, uh, the, what, uh, what will help? Uh, is probably the, the awareness or understanding that if if, if I uh, let's I eat an apple or or I set boundaries uh, work life boundaries then uh, 
uh, as 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 a senior uh, executive, uh, I'm an example for the others. Uh, the the same is with the with the department heads. If if you do this, uh, you will be an example for for your younger colleagues, for your other colleagues, for the entire company. And uh, if you even take it more uh, in a more bigger scale, then uh, you will affect the people within their homes as well. So it's it's not just you because uh, you affect your colleagues, you affect. Their colleagues and uh, their families. By the end of the day, so I think this is—I uh, don't know—I don't, I don't want to say that you're fixing the world, but uh, this is uh, a very small but important contribution. What you can make just by choosing an apple instead of a cake, and it—it uh, it will start small, but uh, you will affect uh, a large number of uh, people around you. Yeah, exactly. It has a cascading or a ripple effect on everyone else around you. If you stop bringing 100 cakes to work and and everyone sees you eating 20 cakes, it's like, oh, it's like, you know what? If he's eating 20 cakes, I might as well eat 10 cakes and, 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 it, and it doesn't look as bad. But next thing you realize, oh, he's eating healthier. You know what? I probably need to take care of my health, too. And next thing is like, OK, everyone is eating a bit healthier. Or it reflects in their family life. And next thing you see this person's like, wow, they have so much more energy and they're so more happy in, in terms of their the way they're working, how they treat their colleagues, how they treat their friends, how they treat their family. And it's like, you know what? Maybe I should take a leaf out of his book and start living that way. Or, or how they influence their family or how they influence their kids. It's like if they are, you become more present or working out and having exercising, playing with your kids more. It's, it's you're you're spending that extra time with them. It's like, oh, wow, you're actually really fun when you're doing all this exercise and stuff. You know what? I might try this. And it encourages healthier habits for those around you. So I think over time, making these simple habits and implementing them into your life, they, yes, they do have that ripple effect or that um, uh, that cascading effect over time. It, it snowballs over time and gains momentum, um, how you influence people. In, in in what you do and the more positive things you do the more positive change that you're going to create in as, as you said it will change the world on, on a small scale the smallest thing you do is going to change everything around you yeah and uh, it's actually usually people smile when they say whoa i have never thought about it uh, like this that uh, my my small uh, small actions will affect so many people, but yeah, I, you're right, right? So uh, that's that's what they're thinking. And uh, I think one of the great examples was uh, when I went to, to work there, um, uh, the, the company where I was the CTO, uh, then uh, I discovered that uh, they're all wearing the office, they're all wearing shoes and uh, their long days at the office, uh, Sometimes the summer is extremely hot, uh, the air conditioner is not working and so on. Uh, I, I told that uh, I'm not going to wear those shoes the whole time, only in formal meetings. Otherwise, uh, I will use some, I don't know, I will use socks or I will use some open uh, open shoes. And and uh, at the beginning, it was, uh, what is this? Who is this guy? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's something so, so different, but... Uh, as as you described, uh, they they saw that I was feeling very good with with my socks uh, on the on the office, and uh, 
I think it went something uh, eight or 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 nine months uh, after the original idea, and uh, now uh, everyone, basically everyone, uh, is is wearing socks at the office because they say it's good and they're legs are breathing and so <laughs> again a very small thing what actually at the beginning seemed that uh, what what is this it's it's not normal to but uh, now it's uh, again one thing that will make uh, our office lives a bit uh, easier or, or a bit more comfortable so yeah it's it's the the small things are are all around us and we i think the even the bigger value is that if we encouraged to, to think out of out of the box that uh, how we can make our lives better meetings shorter less emails more productive i think this will encourage uh, all the colleagues to put their ideas on the table and i think this is where the real value comes from yeah i think another a good a very good example of um the, the small changes and the ripple effect it has on people is and as you said just before you started that was what makes people smile. Smiling is when, when you smile at someone, they almost feel like compulsive to smile back. So if you start off by smiling more at work, smile at one, one person, make, make it a challenge. You're, I'm going to smile at one new person today. And then you brighten up their day. They, 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 they smile back to you. It's like, okay, he's a very happy person. He's always smiling. And every time I see him, he smiles at me. <laughs> but he must be very friendly. Mm. And straight away, you've developed this um, identity as a very happy, smiley, optimistic person. And over time, people are going to be like, oh, every time I'm around this guy, he's always smiling. Rado's mm -hmm. the, the smiley, happy office guy. Great. And you'll be, become more approachable. And all you've done is move a few facial muscles once or twice a day. Something as, as, as small as that can have a ripple effect on how everyone else in the world perceives you. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a very good example because uh, let's say it's uh, it's your worker. It's uh, it's the Saturday evening, and you're thinking, oh, it's another Monday ahead of ahead of me. So if uh, if I know that uh, it's going to be another long week, but I know that the uh, the boss is is uh, is a, a good guy. He's he's smiling and he's not grumpy all the time and he's not yelling. Then I think it's uh, again less uh, overall stress for the individuals for for the entire team, and uh, this is again a very good um, a key or uh, or the aspect that will uh, make the lives better and uh, of course uh, hopefully prevent uh, another burnout at the office. I, again, a very small thing, but it will make light up uh, lights up the days uh, for for many people. Yes, 100%. So, Rayo, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and find out more about your executive coaching, what's the best way for them to get in touch? I think the best way uh, is to go to my uh, webpage uh, or uh, use use LinkedIn to write me or call me, whatever it's suitable uh, for you uh, or them and uh, just just give me a letter or give me a call uh, i will be glad to answer awesome i'll stick all that in the show notes anyway i'll have your linkedin and all your links and your website awesome radio again it was great having you here on give yourself some leeway and again thank you so much for your time this evening thank you